Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah Furt. I'm Hannah. Hannah first today. Hannah, and I'm your co-host, Linda. Linda. Mother of Hannah. <laughs> hey, people keep asking me, are you missing Hannah? Yeah. Hannah? And I said, how can I miss her when you FaceTime me every, every day? I FaceTime mum every single morning and the look of disgust on her face, like, <laughs> oh, can't be fucked with this again today. I know. I don't have a lot to report, but I have seen all everything, your bedroom, the beach, the kayak, coconut, your tan. Look, I've relaxed a little bit on the, I wear 50 plus, I reapply my 50 plus every two hours. I do my face, but it's it's like living in Queensland. Anyone that lives in Queensland would know. It's just, you can't, if you're walking and exercising, I'm trying everything I can to be sun smart, but just my skin type, it tans really easily no matter what. But this episode's not about Thailand. It's about emotional intelligence versus IQ, like uh, what's IQ stand for? Like your intelligent quotient. Yes. Okay. So intelligent. So it's the difference between when someone you meet someone and they're just smart and they talk shit. You know, guys might be really smart and you're looking for smart, but they have low EQ, which is emotional intelligence. And it's a really interesting episode. It's actually a listener who messaged me telling me all about it because she did a research project on it, and I said to her like. Would love to have you on the podcast. And she actually sent me a really beautiful message after saying like, I mean, most people don't like public speaking. And she was like, you know, that's one of my fears. And, you know, I find that difficult, but she did a really good job. And I really congratulate her for saying yes, because if you don't podcast and you're not used to it, it's it's a bit weird. A bit like me in the beginning. Oh, yeah, like you in the beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Hannah, who's been technically challenged today? Technologically oh challenged, God. not me. I have had I've had a nightmare of a time. So I basically my laptop broke the first week I got to Thailand, my work laptop, which actually may have been the universe telling me it was I take it as a sign turn from off. the universe to turn off, but it's actually now become really annoying. So I've borrowed a laptop from someone that's at the retreat with me. Then the USB wouldn't fit because it's a MacBook Pro. And so I've had to then run around trying to find an attachment and oh my God. Anyway, but I got it sorted. Better you than me, Hannah. Sorry. Sorry. I have to call you Hannah. Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I wanted to tell everyone that we are going to do, if you've been watching my stories, the next episode we do is going to be about the, well, we we started by calling it the 33 Club. You know the 27 Club, Mum? I actually don't. Oh, so the 27 Club was, a you know, a group of musicians that all musicians and they died at 27 and so that's why oh. they called it. So anyway... We called it like the 33 Club. So like we may as well, you know, crawl into a hole and die because we're not married and we don't have babies. So that's where that came from. But then I realized that wasn't inclusive enough. So now the community on Instagram, single-minded community on Instagram, we're calling it the I Don't Give a Fuck Club. So that'll be the next episode. I've got a lot of thoughts on it because I've had a lot of time away from Melbourne culture, 
hustle culture. The hustle culture, we'll talk about that, but then we'll also talk about the expectations placed on women and, you know, choosing your own path, which is what this podcast is all about. But Mm. I did have a little henna story that I'll tell you all. (laughs) So my whole life, Thanks to you, Linda. I've worn a panty liner. I know what line. you're going to say. <laughs> I've, I've, worn, I've worn a panty liner every day. The other thing is I've had all these weird sleep things like these. I've got all these quirks. Oh, yes. Which means Don't that I know it. No one can sleep in the bed with me, blah, 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 blah. So a couple of things have happened since I got to, t- since Hannah, since Hannah died and Hannah was resurrected. <laughs> I have I have stopped. I haven't worn a panty liner in God knows how long now. Wow. But no. It's good for more. the environment. There's more. So I usually sleep like I'm going to the snow. Like no matter where I am in the world, Thailand, doesn't matter. I wear full-length pants. The thought of not wearing a crop top to bed makes me feel ill. Like my boobs mm-hmm. are going to just just go everywhere and they're going to. Hey, I do wear a crop top because my boobs <laughs> do go everywhere. Yeah, so my, I've, got, I've, got little of, I've got much littler boobs than you. There's no oh. reason for me. To, I must have got all these weird quirks from you, Mum. Yes, I just got a new bra, people. F an F bra, so I'm only a Shocking. D. So I I don't need to wear I don't need to wear a crop top. So, but not only that, I wear a, I, I wear undies, panty liner, long oh, yeah, pants. You have to wear undies to bed in case of wait, you know a break in. Just just, <laughs> just wait. Just <laughs> <laughs> is that Dad you're talking about? No, no, no! Oh, a, oh. An invasion from somewhere outside. You must have your pants. Oh my on. god! <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, I, so I'm starting to understand where my quirks are coming from. Wow. Yeah. This has been an enlightening chat. <laughs> so I, and I always wear a crop top and then I wear a, either, like I wear a long sleeve top and sometimes I wear a jumper on top of that. Mm. So, so I've gone from that to wearing no panty liners and guess what yes. else? Just, just guess. Oh, I think I already told you. I think you might be nude in your bed. Every night, I'm by myself in my. I'm by myself. Hey, do you have a lock on the door? Yeah. Good. So <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no intruders coming in, but I'm exercising a lot and doing meditation and doing stuff that in lockdowns we weren't allowed to do. So there's some something in the air. There's magic in the air, mm. and so I literally come into my room at what ten o'clock or whatever. I just strip off, brush my Nude. teeth. Full nude, no undies, nothing, no oh no crop tops, nothing. Just get into bed between the sheets. No, I leave half the paduna off me. I don't care anymore. Yes, I still have the iPad on, but I'm sleeping way better. I, Revolution. Yeah, it's it's just very freeing. It's a very freeing place, Thailand, and getting out of those lockdowns. Oh my god! So. Anyway, if you're not ready to sleep nude yet, totally get it. If you do sleep nude and love it, please send me a DM and we can <laughs> we can relate because mum clearly does not relate. If I didn't have, like I usually wear a bike short or, or undies if it's super, super hot and always a crop top. If I, I have tried not having underwear on, 
I don't sleep a wink. Yes, that's like me. Underwear. So, Linda, you need to come to. You, you need to cancel your it trip will to never Europe. Happen. And, no, you need to can, cancel your trip to Europe and come to Thailand. No, no. But thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're sick of my face every morning. We can still FaceTime. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough because we're going to talk more about all the changes that have been happening for me and some of the reasons why I think that's happening. I think a lot of it's about, you know, stress and pressure being taken off me and and starting to move on to a path that feels really, really right for me. So, Let's get into the episode and then we'll be back and mum will give her thoughts because the most emotionally unintelligent person I know. Oh, you will be very surprised, Hannah. Hopefully hopefully (laughs) learn something. All right. So I'm very, very excited to welcome Zoe Cullis to the podcast. She is a researcher from the University of Western Australia and we were chatting all about EQ, emotional intelligence, on Instagram and I asked her to come and join me on the podcast and you were actually a single-minded listener, weren't you? Yeah, so I think I'm OG, really. Um, Yeah, from the beginning? From the beginning, yeah, so I started... (laughs) listening when you started and I was single at the time but I'm no longer yep. single now but <laughs> did it help you do you think in your dating I don't know if it helped with dating specifically but I really enjoyed like just the guests that you had that talked about independence and like yeah you know how you don't really need a partner to basically enjoy your life so good I'm so yeah, glad like, really connected to that kind of content so and so I still listen like I'm not <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, we changed the tagline because I had a lot of people that were in relationships saying that they really liked it. (laughs) So I don't want to like, it's not just for single people. So tell me a little bit about yourself and about the work that you do at the university. Yeah, so I'm a researcher and I'm currently studying a PhD in psychology. So I'm looking at cognitive abilities and financial literacy, actually. Mm -hmm. Recently, I completed my honours and I was looking at cognitive abilities and emotional intelligence in terms of how attractive people perceive them to be and potential partners. That was the, which we'll that get into. That was the, the trigger, that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Zoe was part of a study that we'll get onto in a little bit, which was the attractiveness. I think it was EQ versus IQ. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. So, but let's start from the beginning. I'd like to know what is EQ, what is IQ and what is the difference? So cognitive intelligence, that's at its most sort of abstraction. That's like your capacity to adapt to the environment successfully. So that's using like cognitive processes. So things like logical reasoning, knowledge of worldly facts, memory span, processing speed, that kind of stuff. Whereas emotional intelligence is ability to you know, adapt and shape and choose your environments, but it's through the use of emotionally relevant processes. So that's perceiving uh, emotions, using emotions, understanding emotions and regulating emotions. And that's like in yourself and others. So they are sort of distinct abilities, but cognitive intelligence or IQ, you know, and emotional intelligence, they are correlated, but I wouldn't say emotional intelligence is a cognitive ability. It's definitely distinct in that way. So it's using emotions it's quite interesting because originally emotion was kind of thought to 
you know, get in the way of logical reasoning and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, researchers found that they're, they're almost complementary and so it's quite an interesting field really. Do you think that with emotional intelligence, because I think that, you know, in the past, particularly when you think of like men not showing emotions, like that was something that you didn't do. Do you think that we're, like as we've gotten further down and, and we're more aware of these things, emotional intelligence is more a quality that people would be looking for or that that mindset has shifted around emotional intelligence? Like I want someone with high emotional intelligence. Yeah, I definitely think that is what people are into <laughs> like yes and just anecdotally whenever I told anyone what I was studying like everyone would be like yep definitely really attractive like <laughs> yes but it's not always been the way yeah definitely with emotional intelligence so I guess with IQ yeah you're you're using your brain and thought processes to like solve problems conclusions and solve problems exactly because my therapist always says to me he asks me a questions about feelings and he says I I look up which means I'm thinking and I'm trying to like think my way through it but he's like but I want to know how you're feeling so what are the qualities of someone with a high EQ what kind of things would say, okay, that person's got quite high emotional intelligence? So having these kind of abilities, uh, again, kind of helps you to be able to like monitor your own emotions, monitor other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. There's also that ability to kind of distinguish between like more sophisticated emotions because like a really basic level, you know, you're either happy, mad, sad or glad. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're a bit more emotionally intelligent, you can kind of think about it's like, oh, am I angry or am I frustrated? Or it's being able to distinguish between mm. more nuanced emotions and then being able to understand that within yourself, with other people. And also this idea of regulation. So I guess the other thing to think about is it's not necessarily that you don't feel emotions or like as in, in the sense that the idea is that this person is always very calm and whatever but it's like no you can have like the you know appropriate emotional reactions to things Mm -hmm. but it's that idea that you can bring yourself back down so you're not you're not having these long-term impacts of life events they say people with high ei bounce back a bit quicker from things Mm -hmm. like stressful life events and just everyday stresses it really helps with interpersonal skills obviously Mm -hmm. you'll see it's quite a big field in organizational psychology so they see that people with high iq have better job performance and this is like independent of iq oh sorry yes so people with high eq do better in organizational settings in the workplace yes and and it's particularly in leadership yeah high high emotional intelligence is generally seen in good leaders and of course in relationships so uh, romantic relationships uh, highly emotionally intelligent people, they report higher levels of relationship satisfaction, mm. feeling close to their partner. Even I did see one study where highly emotionally people, uh, emotionally intelligent people, they report feeling like more deeply in love with their partner than people with smaller. Mm. So it's, yeah. And, and also what's interesting is this high emotional intelligence, it sort of extends to like partners. So emotional intelligence in one partner is sort of positively correlated with relationship satisfaction and feeling close to your partner. Even if the partner doesn't have super high emotional intelligence, is that what you mean? Yeah, so like someone with, I guess, lower emotional intelligence or just any level, it doesn't really matter. If they're in a relationship with someone with high emotional intelligence, 
you know, they report better relationship satisfaction and feeling close to them. Yeah. So, I've met guys that I have been kind of blown away by like <laughs> how in touch with their emotions that they are. But I find, and and let me know what you think of this, I find they're really good communicators. Definitely. Definitely. Because you can sort of read the room, you know, how <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I had an experience with someone I was dating. Uh, I I had to say this thing at one point and I was, I honestly thought I was being like facetious and I thought the reaction would be way different. So I was just kind of like, do you realize that when I'm not with you, like I'm a person, I have feelings and thoughts and I'm processing everything that's going on. Like you're not just controlling what's happening. And you know, I only exist when you see me. And he was just like, yeah, you know what? I've never actually thought about that before. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> you never thought about the fact that maybe I, like, exist outside our interactions and, yeah. yeah, it was shocking to me. But I think in a way that kind of shows that it's not necessarily that, like, people with lower emotional intelligence, it's not really like they're a bad person or anything like that. Yeah. It's an ability, so they're just kind of oblivious. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get on to low EQ. What are some of the characteristics of someone with low emotional intelligence? So it's kind of just more like the converse of that. So people with lower emotional intelligence are generally less in touch with their own emotions, less able to perceive emotions of other people, and they're less able to sort of regulate their own emotions as well. Mm. So they might have bigger sort of emotional reactions to things and not be able to bring themselves back to that baseline well-being. So they they have like maybe lower well-being than people with higher AI. Mm, yeah. And I'm thinking in like a dating scenario because I um, I think I've dated someone like this and it's like an inability to engage in any emotional discussions or any discussions that involve talking about how you feel. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was something that I noticed. The other thing was like not being able to like communicate and just shutting conversations down when there was any discussion that was like going a little bit deeper. And then I think also with the regulation of emotions, I probably haven't seen that one as much, but I, I know people that are like that. And I and maybe I used to be like that. Like I guess it's if you get really angry or anxious, it's like people with high EQ would be able to. Yeah, so they might be like, I'm going to go out of the room now or take a walk or like, you know, maybe we'll discuss this later or yeah. something like that. Whereas yeah. someone with lower emotional intelligence, you know, they're not really in tune with the fact that like, oh, maybe I'm in not. In tune with the emotions of like, I need a time out. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think like even though it kind of sounds like emotion and sort of logic are a bit separate, Mm -hmm. people with higher emotional intelligence, they sort of respond to these things with a bit more of a like logical response rather than a highly emotional response. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of where you see that. Yeah. I wanted to know because I like obviously I've been in therapy for quite a while and I remember like in the early days I found it really hard and I actually think maybe I had like low EQ but I found it really hard to name emotions not just angry sad or anxious happy like really getting in touch with how you're feeling in the moment. I've worked on that a lot. I think I'm a pretty good communicator now and I'm like able to like talk about my feelings really openly with people I trust. From your perspective, are there ways that people can, if they like actually have the awareness that this is an area that they need to work on, are there things that they can do to improve their emotional intelligence? So 
this is not really my area, so I can't give you like specific tips or anything, but yep. emotional intelligence can be improved. So it's not a stable trait, like you're born with it and that's what you'll die with or whatever. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. As you said before, if you think about it, like if you're seeing a psychologist and they're helping you, you know, identify your emotions, understand your emotions, you know, when I feel yep. like this, maybe I need to do this. That's that kind of regulation. So that's exactly, that's improving your emotional intelligence because then it helps you to better identify these feelings in yourself then you, you know how to respond and even you probably find that you talk about things that happen I mean other people and then you know they might help you to say well you know what what do you think they were feeling when that happened or things like that so it's definitely uh, I would definitely think therapy would be in a way yeah. you know EI training like emotional intelligence training yeah no and the other thing I think that I the other thing that I've experienced is like I because I probably go for guys that are like really great communicators and they're not scared about talking about feelings. That's also helped me, but I just never went for guys like that before. So I think I've just seen it more and then I've been more exposed to it. And I'm like, that's a really great quality to have. Yeah, I agree. That's what I've experienced personally as well. And just because yeah. I'd been single for a while before um, my most recent relationship and yeah, right at the start, I was just like, I'm not going to take any like kind of shit. Like I'm going to be honest yep. about everything. So I'd be like, no, that's like how that made me feel. And like he was really receptive and he'd tell me too. And mm. yeah, it was like really refreshing. And I was just kind of like, wait, what? You could just tell people this stuff. Like <laughs> you don't have to just pretend everything's cool. Like <laughs> this happened to me. This happened to me the other day. I was out for lunch with this guy and he did something that was like he did it a couple of times. And I just said, I was like, this thing that you're doing, I don't like that. And he was like, thanks for telling me. I actually had no idea I was doing that. <laughs> and we and we talked about it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, this is adult relationships. This is how people communicate. It's really nice when that happens. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I sort of had a rule this time because I'd previously been like in a really long-term relationship from when I was like 17 until 23 you know and in that time you kind of just kind of go with the flow you want to be cool so you yeah but then it yep. was kind of like I was becoming an adult and having to live with the things I'd accepted forever yeah you know my own kind of boundaries that I just didn't really set so yeah it's yep. been quite interesting so yeah I was just like you know anything and, I, and at times I had to kind of apologize because I'd be like oh god I'm sorry for being like so abrupt with that but I just <laughs> I don't want to live with that <laughs> yeah yeah I like that so I'd love to hear about the study that you were involved in. What was it about and what were the results? So my supervisor, um, Associate Professor Gilles Gignac, so he's been pretty big in emotional intelligence space and particularly cognitive intelligence. And prior to my honours year, he'd been working with some other honours students looking at the attractiveness of cognitive intelligence, so IQ in a potential partner. So there's been like a lot of research and they often use this scale called the bus barns partner preference scale so they give people this list of 13 traits and they get them to list or rank them from how important they are in a potential partner to least important and so intelligence is generally the second or third ranked trait after exciting personality and the top one is always kindness and understanding you want a kind partner ah yeah. Kindness so. and, oh, that's so nice. Right? Okay, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I have faith in humankind if that's what they're choosing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were going to say, I thought you were going to say looks. <laughs> uh, looks is, you know, yeah, it's generally like 
a bit lower on the list. I mean, it's not okay. at the bottom or anything like that. And it, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. is an older scale, so it's like it was developed in the 80s and, like, it okay. has stuff like, you know, Good Housekeeper and Walt's Children okay. and things like I mean, that's still really important, but yeah, there's yeah. some things that are probably moved down over time. And then yeah. they were looking at what's – because the thing is if you rank – intelligence highly we don't get much information of like to what extent that's important like it might just be you don't want someone stupid but then Mm -hmm. they wanted to look at you know are people putting it highly because they want someone who's smart so they developed this partner preference scale so they asked people suppose you're single if you're not (laughs) and you met someone single that at first sight potentially interested you how interested would you be in the person as a potential partner if you were later to learn that their intelligence level was such that they were smarter than, and then they had these percentages, so 1%, 10%, 25%, 50%, 75%, 90%, and 99% of the population. And intelligence is associated with, you know, good genes, better health, better life achievement, mm-hmm. things like that. So from like a biological perspective, you'd expect this to be more attractive the smarter you are. But what they found was this threshold effect. So people actually were rating this increased attractiveness up until the 90th percentile, but then on average there was this drop between the 90th and 99th percentile. So they were kind of like, you know, Mm. why are they sort of scared of these partners, these (laughs) super smart people almost? So in my year we did the same thing, but we asked people why. But also what we wanted to look at is there was the attractiveness of emotional intelligence. We asked the same kind of question as well so asking people suppose you're single how interested would you be in a potential partner if you were to later learn that they were you know more emotionally intelligent than these percentage points (laughs) and what we found was there wasn't this threshold effect so people are more attracted to people who are more emotionally intelligent there's a slight increase between the 90th and 99th percentile but it's not we're not expecting you to be greater at that end kind of thing there is I guess that's Mm -hmm. sort of leveling out there and the other thing we did was we gave them the bus barns partner preference scale so that was the the 13 traits and we added in emotional intelligence so where where do you think it ranked (laughs) oh four so in our group it was actually second Oh, wow. After kindness and understanding. Oh, my God. People are are shocking me right now. Wow. And, I mean, my honours study was, you know, it was on university students, but we did replicate this in, like, a general population sample. And, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. So, wow, people are into it. People, they want emotional intelligence more than just pure IQ smart intelligence. Yes. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then basically the study was – they want intelligence up to like the 90th percentile and then it's like diminishing as you get to like 99 because is that because we're saying that people that are super smart or the perception of like very, very intelligent people is that they might, like what's the perception do you think? So that was yeah. kind of one of what I was looking at. Yes. So I'm glad you asked because we literally asked people why. <laughs> <laughs> so There were two sort of main reasons that came through. So one is just compatibility. So people were just kind of worried, you know, I'm worried that they would be smarter than I am or Mm. there were things that people worried about, you know, them being arrogant or there would be too much competition and things like that. And the other biggest thing was that people were worried that they'd be socially awkward, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because, you know, that is actually a stereotype. There's sort of no link with high IQ and 
social awkwardness. That's a stereotype. Okay. Yeah. And some people actually explicitly said, you know, I'd be worried they have low emotional intelligence. So Yeah, interesting. It's interesting Mm. because there's this sort of trade-off almost. I feel like the fact that people put EQ too, there must be a shift in what people are looking for in like modern dating. I feel like there must be a bit of a shift from what you stereotypically would have thought when you watch shows like Mad Men, when like everyone's got super low EQ. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess also like awareness of the concept in general is probably increased. Yeah, totally. So people are like, you know, oh, that's actually quite a good skill. Like, yeah, I Mm. I want my partner to be (laughs) highly emotionally intelligent. Mm. You know, there were a few people that reduced their attractiveness rating for emotional intelligence at the higher end. And again, that was, you know, people being worried that, you know, I have really low AI, so I didn't think I'd be as compatible with someone. Yeah. Some people were worried that they'd be judgmental be very critical of them. Mm. And some people were a bit worried about, you know, I would not want to be with someone who never needed to ask how I was feeling and just assumed they knew. So people were kind of worried uh. that they just like wouldn't wouldn't ask how they were feeling because they, <laughs> you know, are so emotionally intelligent they don't need to. <laughs> they already psychics. know. It. They're not they're not <laughs> psychic. <laughs> yeah, so, wow. Yeah. I have loved learning all about EQ. I feel like it's so interesting because when you start to talk about this this episode, we've never done this before, but for people listening, I think understanding what EQ is and like how to spot that when you're dating someone because that's what I do now. God, dating is so much better when you're dating people that aren't scared of their feelings, aren't scared to talk about their feelings and have great communication skills. So I highly recommend getting into this EQ stuff. Definitely. <laughs> Zoe, thank you so much for joining. It was so nice to have a listener that's also a researcher and like knows the podcast. It was like super, super nice to chat to you. Oh, no, it's an honor. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Linda, let's hear it. Let's hear what you learned. Yes, no, I did have to do a bit of research and I actually had to reach out to Zoe to get a a bit more information. (laughs) The 30-minute interview wasn't enough. You needed a bit more one-on-one counselling. Yes, one-on-one counselling and then I did a lot of Googling. And so EQ or emotional intelligence has five key elements, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy. You're good at that. And social skills. So I was thinking it was something different. So it's about understanding and managing your emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathise with others, diffuse conflict, overcome challenges. So when you always say to me that I don't have emotions, (laughs) I actually, after researching, think what you mean is I have high emotional intelligence because I do manage my emotions. (laughs) (laughs) I will say something on the empathy thing. So it's never too late to change because I watched a TED Talk the other night on co-empathy. And so co-empathy is about understanding the other person. So I understand Mm. you and you Mm. understand me. And I think before we started this podcast, we were lacking in co-empathy because I didn't really, well, I probably did understand you more than you understood me. 
And now yes. I think you understand me a lot more. I do. Yeah. So to confirm that I actually really got this right because I thought you wouldn't believe me, I actually took three emotional intelligence tests online. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, and I've deep-dived into this topic. So the first one was testyourself.psychtests.com. Yeah. Now, this was 341 questions. You and did it said not. It, I did, and it said it would take 60 minutes, but I oh. wasn't deterred oh. and I powered through. It was freaking <laughs> confusing. Here's an example of a question. I want your answer and then I'll tell you mine. Yeah. If the feeling of jealousy could be compared to a flavour, it would likely taste and here they are spicy dry bitter sweet salty or i don't know bitter interesting i said spicy (laughs) (laughs) but is there a right answer no, because I did 341 yeah, questions. Okay, and then okay. one other one that was funny is if the feeling of rage could be described as a texture, it would feel like silky, yeah. bumpy, pointy, mm-hmm. jagged, soggy, I don't know. Jagged. Ah, we agree. So okay. disappointingly, after all those questions, I only received a snapshot report, 60 <sighs> out of 100. Uh-huh. Seems like you then have to sign up for a proper report. Pretty disappointing yeah. after that many questions. But you got 60%. 60%, yes. Not bad. So you're over 50% emotionally intelligent. Correct. Correct. Good work, Lindy. So hang on, there's more. Then there was mindtools.com. My score was 59 and that was in the bracket 56 to 75. So I just got into that and it said, great, you're an emotionally intelligent person, (laughs) you have great relationships (gasps) and you probably find that people approach you for advice. Too right. Yeah, yeah, too right. However, when so many people admire your people (laughs) skills, it's easy to lose sight of your own needs, mate. Oh, my God. God, that is you. That's like when when I text mum in the morning. That's my home life. Mum, I can't get up. Will you bring me a coffee? And she leaves me a coffee outside my door. That's right. And just to make sure that I was correct, I took another free quiz. At the listen, Institute for Health and Human Potential, goodness knows what all these are. Congratulations, you have high emotional intelligence. So Yeah. 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 I think I am. No, I agree. I I agree with all of that. I do think you you do a lot for other people, but that's what I love about you. So, and, and I, I want to, yeah, say I love you back. Uh, yes, I love you back. And I wanted to ask you. <laughs> she makes me feel so uncomfortable. No, yeah. love is in actions, not words. So, yes. and then I moved into looking at Zoe mentioned bus and barns the partner preference scale, goodness knows, that was a long document to read. And you know how she was talking about the number one quality women chose was kindness. Yes. And I was thinking my number one has always been trustworthiness, doing what you say you'll do, being who you say you are, and, of course, being loyal. So what is your number one quality you are looking for? (sighs) Um. I do want kind but not a doormat because I'm pretty strong. Uh, you know, mm. I think I want someone that's like got that masculine energy but I'm the same, loyalty, kindness, like a healthy masculine man mm. that, 
is kind and loyal yes. and also trustworthy for me as well. Trustworthy, absolutely. And then finally on a completely different subject, I was texting this to you but it was so funny that I decided to save the story for today. Okay, yes. So what happened was Dad and I went for a little walk last night in our area and we were on the way yep. back, would have been about 9.30, 10, and we got to sort of mm-hmm. an area near, near the railway which is a bit dark and no one really around. So we came across five blokes all in black mm-hmm. shorts and black T-shirts and we got closer, didn't know what they were doing and we saw they were using spray cans to graffiti the wall. Oh. And as Dad you, would have yeah, as Dad you know, would have been so angry. How pissed off we are getting with all the graffiti around here and it doesn't get cleaned up. Yep. So Rob starts telling them off. You are defacing our suburb. We live here. And I thought, oh, dear, this could end badly. So I started calling the police. And (laughs) they are calling us all manner of things. C word? No, they actually said we were dogs for calling the police. (laughs) Initially, I thought they were calling me a dog and then I realised, no, they were saying we were dogs for calling police. Okay, whatever. Yeah, so they yeah, yeah, yeah. set off Fair. and we, we started following them so that I, I had police on the phone to tell them what streets they were going. Dad yep. is still telling them off and they say tagging's actually good because it gives people without jobs the jobs of cleaning up except as we know no one cleans oh. it up. So in the end yep. they got very frustrated and one guy turns to Rob and goes, you are just a pussy. And I thought, Rob, a pussy, he's bravely or stupidly taking you guys on. And then I looked at him, white shorts, little white socks, a tank top, and he had a man bag on. (laughs) He needs to listen to this podcast and get some self-awareness. Good on Dad for doing that. Dad is ballsy. That's ballsy. I can just imagine you on the phone to the police. Um, we're following them down the street. We're on the corner. Of- I did. And then Dad's going yeah, east, yeah. west, north, south because I didn't follow. And just <laughs> one little other thing, while we're being vigilantes yeah. in our concrete jungle, we are watching Afterlife. Yeah. It's the last season. <gasps> don't and tell I- me, don't tell me, no, don't tell me because I'm starting no, I'm not telling tonight. you anything. Yep. I'm just, I just yeah, yeah. said to Rob, God, I hope if I die before you, you don't spend three seasons watching old yeah. videos of but- me. I I really uh, hope you can move on quicker than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably enough for today, guys. I'm really excited for the next episode because I've been away for a month and a bit now and, yeah, I didn't think I had much more to learn but, you know. Oh, I've been watering your plants and starting your car. Oh. There's love oh, for you. God. <laughs> There's love in action. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 